Hello, Master. It's been a while. We are off on an adventure! This is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. For what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. Trust me, Hera. I'm excited. This is my excited face. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Hello, and welcome to episode 114 of Geeky Bubble, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. I'm your host, Jonah Marie, and with me is the Poe to my BB-8, my mom, Maria. Yay! Unless you want to be BB-8. No, I'm okay being Poe. You're you okay with being Poe? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. You're cooler? Yes. <laughs> I get to do whatever the heck I want. That's, that, yeah, that's <laughs> and good. And nobody holds me to anything. I don't know, I feel like BB-8 is cooler. BBA is cuter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm okay with not being cute. Oh, but you're okay with being cool? Yes. Cool to the max? Yes. <laughs> so, new question for the podcast episode. So, every week I bring up a new question so that way we get to know each other more and you guys can participate. Yeah, and she never tells me these questions until the moment yes. she asks them. Yeah, I find it more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> to be honest, I put down the question, but I never really think of it for myself. So it's sort of like being exposed to it for the Whatever. first time. Whatever. <laughs> so the question this week is, what is your favorite movie? I have so many good ones. It's like, like well, okay, one let's, that you... let's just say for Christmas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, we have to talk about Christmas because that is my favorite season. For Christmas, Home Alone. And then as you guys grew up, now it's Love Actually. Okay. Then outside of season though, outside outside of season. Of season but that's the thing. I, I I do things by season. Okay. So what would you say is your favorite spring oh, movie mm. or fall movie? Since they're very very similar in climate. What's something that you just rewatch? Like you love rewatching, and that the the plot just really gets to you, or that you love the character so much. Galaxy Quest. Okay. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a fantastic movie, to be yeah, honest. Galaxy Quest and The Mummy yeah. with Brandon Fraser. Yeah, yeah. That one's good, too. I still have not seen the Tom Cruise one. Mm, you, you don't have it? to. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. That's a perfect response. Yeah, you don't have to. I see. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. And anybody who wants to watch it, they, they of course, can go. But it was unnecessary. Yeah. 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 There was no reason. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. My favorite movie is not Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I love Star Wars, but it's nowhere near my top movies. But my favorite movie is Tron Legacy. Yeah. I love that movie. I know. <laughs> oh, boy, do I know. I watch that movie practically every other day in the background fantastic movie and i and i oh i don't like the fact that it didn't do so well and it's a shame because the first one was also a good movie and it was something you know breakthrough for its oh, time oh yeah and it's recognized for that but, but i wish tron legacy had had won over audiences and i'd be watching the third one the sequel to that one and uh, <laughs> i'd be living in the franchise right now this podcast would actually be a tron legacy podcast <laughs> So anyway, if you have a favorite movie that you want to share with us, please do. We'd like to hear from you. So we're going to be talking about Signal from Sector 6 in this episode. And that's written by Brandon Amon, who is the executive producer of the series and the head writer of the series. You go, Brandon. You go, Brandon. I actually met him in person. He's really cool. He's a really down-to-earth kind of guy. And he actually was the one to answer my question about the timeline. Because I had asked why was the series set six months prior to The Force Awakens? Why wasn't it set 10 years or 15 years or somewhere in the middle? And he started off the question saying that uh, the reason they chose it was because it felt more relatable because of what we've seen so far with the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, people are aware of the timeline, and they were wanting to have it overlap with the movie. So we're going to see a lot of things happening side by side with what's happening in The Force Awakens, and I'm excited. 
Yeah, because uh, I, I would like to know what happened after the explosion. Yes, Hosnian Prime, the Hosnian system. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to know that as well. Yeah. And he also worked on a lot a, a lot of those shows where the, the humor is just so on point. Okay. And good, that's, why, good. <laughs> that's why the show has been so, so, so yeah, it, Yeah, it, it has the, the right moments that the comedy is at the right time. And the funny thing is it not, not only at the right time, but it grabs you for the right amount of time. And you just move on to the next emotion. Right. It's not something, it's not like center stage yeah. all the time. It just happens and then we move on to the next thing. Yeah, I really like that about the humor. And so we start off the episode with Kaz asleep and he's... <laughs> oh, my poor boy. <laughs> and I love that he actually has his jacket off, which makes sense because, you know, you want you to be ready. as comfortable as possible. And you have to be ready right. at all times. Yeah. So it was neat to see him without the jacket, especially in a 3D generated show, because it's kind of hard to do those kind of alterations. Sort of like Hera's goggles. We, yeah, yeah. we needed to wait four seasons to see that happen. Or Ezra's pajamas, which are awesome. And I still want a blue pajama Ezra action figure. <laughs> Where is my extra, my, my Ezra action figure with his pajamas? I, I desire this. He kind of struggles to wake up. I, I, I can identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the coffee machine. I mean, I don't drink coffee, but I know that it's a struggle for some people, especially really early in the morning if the coffee machine's not cooperating. Uh, the coffee machine had no issues. It was he was the problem. <laughs> he was hitting the wrong button. He was hitting the top button, the middle button, instead of the lower button. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. Yeah, he's like, come on. <laughs> it's broken again. It's probably never been broken, Cass. you just been hitting the wrong button. <laughs> and Yeager says that Kaz is going on a salvaging mission and a salvaging job. Tam picks up on this. Yes. I'm telling you, she's going to be the trouble. She's yeah. going to be the trouble because she is questioning a lot and paying attention to a lot of little things. Yeah, yeah, because what the heck? Why wasn't that on the list? I could have picked up on that yeah. to earn more credits because she needs money. Nico needs money. They certainly would have jumped up on the, the chance to do that. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to really blow up on Kaz's face and on Yeager's face. Yeah. So... We'll have to wait and see. Unless, again, like what we talked about in the last episode, that she just kind of figures it out. But I, I feel like they're still going to be so, sort of... They're still going to have questions. So it could come up in a way where there's more questions than answers at the moment. Right. Because sometimes when you don't have all the facts, you tend to make decisions that are not the wisest. She may, you know, pick up on all these things and start making her own theories about what's happening and end up doing something that could have been avoided if she had known the truth from the beginning. Yeah, and putting that aside, it's funny to me how Yeager in this episode really comes across as the parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he, I had to take my son to play around with his friends because he obviously can't drive just yet. So I had to drive him around, let him hang out while I find a parking or <laughs> I wait at the parking lot. And then I had to go pick him up and then drive him home. Like that's exactly what happened, happened in, yeah. in this episode. <laughs> and um, when he when he had bucket sound that bullhorn, it reminded me of when I used to wake you up by just singing a la escuelita. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes right now because... Lo dije yo primero, lo dije yo primero. That was so annoying. And not, not, not annoying, but hearing that reminded me that I had to go to school and that was the annoying part. <laughs> and, and I was just I was just like, I really don't want to deal with school today. <laughs> Can I call in sick? That, that is a, a, a song that this little mouse puppet he used to sing Topo Gigio. He used to sing that. I grew up with that, and I used to sing it to you guys to wake you up. <laughs> Gosh. And then I also had, with my brother, we had a Pikachu. 
Yep. And it would do the little Pikachu song. Pikachu. Every morning we would hear that too. Or every, I think it was during the weekends we'd hear it the most. Yeah. Oh, good times. And... BB-8 is also excited. Oh, yeah. He's so excited. And, and Cassie's like, why are you excited? But he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to see him. Yeah. And I really love how deep of a bond he yes. and Poe share. And I really want to know more about their background. I didn't get a chance to look into it, but I wonder if it's fleshed out in the comics. It probably is. And people out there are nodding their heads saying, yes, yes, it's fleshed out already. <laughs> But I want to know more. But it's not flushed out for us. This is true. This is true. (laughs) But I want to know how he got a hold of BB-8 and all those fun details. And hopefully I'll look into that soon and and inform you, Mommy. Yes, please. Please do. (laughs) And I love when they're already up in the air and Poe reveals himself and he goes, How you doing, buddy? (laughs) And casting. He's so yeah. And he's like, did you miss me? And Cass says, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Cass because he immediately assumed he was talking to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> BB's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was talking to BB-8. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That was such a great exchange. There was also the part where he had to jump into the X-Wing, the spare yes. X-Wing. It reminded me of the stories you used to tell me about Ba and how he was in the Navy. In the Marines. In the Marines. Yes, in the Marines. And how he had to jump into the pool. Yeah, and he will drop like a rock. Yeah. Right straight to the bottom. <laughs> he was never able to swim. Yeah, I, I, I struggled swimming too in Cornell. Because in Cornell, you have to pass a swimming test in order to graduate. It's insane. But, but hey, look at where you you are, you know? They're trying to teach you survival skills. Uh, no. They, they <laughs> I honestly, if you would have put me into the water, I would not be able to swim. <laughs> that, that I think that was just like a pity great like here i'm gonna pass you because you struggled so much i had to take that exam three times to be able to finally pass it three times mommy well at least you passed it i did but it was a struggle your father never did (laughs) and the only reason i did was because so it was one lap going forward front and then one lap going on the back and the third the third lap was optional so I just did back because it was easier. I just I never really got the technique of breathing when I'm swimming for, Fro- from forward, the front. front. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, air jumping and Kaz. I love that Kaz says that he only knows it in theory. theory. But the thing is, if you're training to be a pilot, wouldn't they at least give them some practice in certain things? That was very curious to me when he said in theory, I went like, what? Like, if I were to train for a, as a pilot, I will have to learn how to sky jump. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we saw we saw some Imperial training with Sabine. Yes. And she and Wedge and the others were in a simulation. So maybe they have something similar where you... Oh, that's true. Where you, where you jump... Oh, where he did do the action of jumping off, but it wasn't into a ship or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get you. So more of a virtual thing. Yeah. As opposed to an actual experience right right so he never really put it into practice gotcha gotcha so. <laughs> yeah that that makes sense yeah i love that bb8 pushes him like he's just, <laughs> yeah bb like, just fed up <laughs> like come on get up <laughs> and and my question to you is do you think bb8 gets really annoyed with Cass sometimes oh no yes <laughs> oh yes yeah that was there's my impression no doubt. in that there's moment there's no doubt bb8 you know, I'm pretty sure he likes Cass and whatnot, but he's doing that because that's what Poe has asked him to do. So when it's his time, he doesn't have the patience. <laughs> and this is his time with Poe, so get on with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants to spend time with his Poe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that Poe and 
Kaz get to hang out. You know, they go out into space because not only does Poe want to talk about the mission at hand, but he also knows that Kaz is the kind of guy who wants to fly. Yeah. And he, he does better when he's flying. Yeah. So he needs to spread his wings a bit. I saw some people referring to Poe as a father figure. To me, in my opinion, he comes across more as an older brother. Brother, Yeah. Because a father will be more interested in the security of the child. And I don't think Poe is too into the security of Cass. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he, he makes a lot of decisions that may prove not to be the best in the end, you know? Right, right. I enjoyed seeing them bonding and I wish they had talked a bit more about their backgrounds, like finding some commonality somewhere. But for what we saw, I, I very much liked the the friendship that was yeah. play, being played out. And um, I, I love the, the other robot. CB23. The girl. Because I don't think I really thought of BB-8 in a male kind of connotation. He's a droid. And yes, I use the word he and whatnot, but it's sort of like never thank good into my psyche, you know, unconsciously. I kept calling him he, but I, I love her. I love the little white and red droid. She, she's, she's so spunky. She doesn't like nobody but Poe. Oh, but I felt so bad when she kept putting BB-8 down. Yeah, but uh, then they, they sort of like... Um, they make amends. They make amends, yeah, you yeah. know. And they... uh, that, that's when I went, oh, look, he got a little girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I love that the initial CB are Carrie back. She's a huge component of Lucasfilm animation. So it's really cool. That they and I and I when I saw when I heard CB because I originally thought CP and I thought I have no idea who that is but when I heard C, when I actually heard it the second time around CB I thought oh ooh, maybe that's Carrie Beck and I was right <laughs> uh, and when they're talking about the mission Kaz doesn't know what the First Order wants so he's pretty much in the same boat that we're in yeah. <laughs> He doesn't know why the First Order wants they, the they, Colossus. They, they all know the First Order is no good. They all know the First Order is up to no good. But they really don't have any idea as to what is happening. And for the reason it's happening. It's interesting. And again, being that that is the case, I, I will, would have loved for Paul to be more in the safe side and less loose, you know, like, let's go in here. Let's rescue. Let's do this. Oh, they'll just take her to the, the <laughs> station with you. Like, come on, man. Be, you know, security it really, first. It really, really reflects his character, connects yes. very well yes. to his character in the yes. movies. Yes. Because he's he's like that. He jumps right in without really thinking it through. So, yeah, I love that they connected that into the series. And he's not this older brother who knows how to handle a situation, but he's just as... Sort of irresponsible yeah. as Kaz. <laughs> yeah. And my friend Elisa, actually, she brought up a good point. And some of you will know her as Alphadel on Twitter. She mentioned how Kaz knew what he did wrong in the technique that Poe was showing him. And that shows that even though he doesn't know how to be a spy or mechanic, and even though he's not the best pilot, he knows what he did wrong. Like, he was the one who picked up on the error. Yeah. He said, I went too fast. And so he knows what his limits are. And being a spy and a mechanic are way beyond what he's used to, obviously. And I like that she highlighted the fact that he knows that his strength is being a pilot and the fact that Paul also knows that his strength is being a pilot. I also like how they introduced this part of the episode where they where they have Poe show him something and he's not able to get it right away. Wait, yeah. I really like that technique because we know we're going to see it again later on and he's going to successfully do it. I like that kind of device, that storytelling device. So they get that signal and they have to go yes. and investigate and see what it is. This is something that was interesting to me too, where Cass says, I didn't realize the resistance fought pirates. Like he he has a very black and white view of what the resistance is. To him, it's just resistance versus the first order. That's the only thing that they focus on when fighting. But there's actually more dangers out there. And Poe tells him that. I like how the whole concept 
in essence, that the whole Jedi notion of helping others in the universe stayed, is embedded in them. Yeah, it's true, because that's where the Jedi failed. They were so preoccupied with this war that they didn't see, they didn't help the other people that were being hurt by these crime syndicates and all these warlords that were popping up because the Jedi weren't there to check. Yeah, like you said, it continued. And it's probably because of Leia. Leia yeah. understands that it's not just the First Order that we need to worry about. There are other dangers out there that unfortunately the Republic, the New Republic, isn't giving the attention that's needed. They did. Yeah. And I love that when they go into the ship so they know they know it's a pirate attack and they go into the ship and Kaz is legitimately right, scared in the background making the noise yeah he's like hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can think of was the movie 28 days later and the guy coming out hello Hello. <laughs> I don't remember that movie all that well, yeah. but I remember my dorm had watched it. They were watching it in the common room. I got into a very scary part and I was like, nope, I'm not watching this. <laughs> but I do remember the iconic image of him walking around and there's just no one around. And he just, hello. <laughs> and that was Cass, like just calling for trouble. I like how he was behind Poe and doing so. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He was just using Poe as, as a shield. shield. <laughs> oh, I also found it funny how Poe says, never think the worst case scenario. And I thought that was so rich coming from him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because essentially in The Last Jedi, the first opening minutes, he thinks of the worst case scenario. And so he has to act and do something about it. <laughs> and I literally said, Paul, you shouldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and so we find that the creatures that were being transported in this frigate are monkey lizards, Kowakian monkey lizards, and they're evil. Oh my god. <laughs> Mischievous kind of evil. Yes. <laughs> I, I I I never liked the one that um Salacious Crumb, you know that's his name. The the one with Jabba the Heart, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that was such a nasty little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think my uncle can do a better impression of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I never really liked them either. And yeah. actually, Hondo had one too. He had a Kowakian lizard. And I, lo I, I, monkey I, I, lizard. I, I love how Paul say, I hate monkeys. I don't like monkeys. <laughs> I know. I love that. I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> um, and it reminded me of Indiana Jones. Yeah, with the snakes. It, with the snakes. Yeah, I hate snakes. I hate them. <laughs> you know, I never really connected with with those movies but that part i really did i just really loved how indy had this thing against snakes, snakes. yeah <laughs> he was afraid of snakes <laughs> <laughs> and then you know there's this just mess everywhere they're trying to find where these survivors are if there are any and i at one point they get attacked by the monkey lizards and bb-8 takes the one that's on top of CB23 and twirls it around. And that's when they get make friends. Yes, that's yes. when they make friends. And I love that the when he throws it, though, it lands right on Kaz's Cass. face. <laughs> and this is, this is one of the things I love about Kaz. He's the kind of guy that just freaks out in any, any situation that seems perilous. I know a lot of the time in movies and TV shows, there's people who who handle it with coolness, I guess is the only yeah. word that I can think of. Like they handle it with stride and, and they know what to do. And it always but bothers me. It always bothers me because I'm just like, no one, no one's going to be keeping their cool in that moment. Not the average person. And Cass yes. is the average it's person. person. <laughs> Which is why uh, I love him so much because he is a regular guy. He's just, you know, going through the motions of what's happening, the position he's been placed in, and what he's supposed to be doing versus what he would like to be doing, you right, know? Right, right. So it's very interesting, and, and he just freaks out. My favorite, oh, my favorite freak out moment is when, so at this point, they've already found Sonara. Yes. And he's carrying her on his back, and they're running, and the monkey ape is, is coming after them, and... <laughs> 
<laughs> and they are about to turn the corner, and he lets out this scream. Yeah. This like, blood-curdling ah! scream. <laughs> and it made me laugh so much. Like, I had to watch it a few more times because I just could not stop laughing because my brother lets out that same scream. Yes. When when he gets scared, that's how he reacts. He goes in a blood curling, ah! yeah, like a wussy <laughs> scream. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. It's my favorite. It's like today my favorite Kaz scream. <laughs> he screams a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how come Poe had him carry the woman? Oh, because oh, that's a good point. Like, come on. <laughs> Paul provided the distraction that needed because let's be honest, Kaz wouldn't have been able to uh, shoot. And yeah, he probably should have, would have <laughs> shot Kaz. He, he probably would have shot Paul. Oh, yeah. But what would have been funnier though, if for some reason the blaster had lost energy or the power cell had died and he just threw the gun, gun. the blaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could actually see him do that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I can imagine Kaz just but here's out this, even more. This poor skinny guy carrying this woman which okay she's not a, a, a heavy set figure but she if you look at her compared to him she is twice his size yeah. <laughs> and he's carrying her and running at the same time and he's lagging behind he's catching up to me <laughs> he's gonna eat me <laughs> I, just, I can't. Oh my god, it was just so funny. He's gonna eat me. <laughs> oh gosh. And I, this is the part that I was referring to in the last episode because we know that Kaz has no strength. No. So he's like, I'm gonna put you down. I'm just gonna put you down. <laughs> and I love that Poe comes out of nowhere and he goes, Don't, Don't put, put her, her down. down. Don't put her down. <laughs> Oh man, the the comedy and the action in this episode were just so on point. I just love their interaction. But um, at the moment, I almost thought the lizard got them, the the ape lizard, whatever it is, got them. <laughs> but then it turned. I didn't realize that they had entered the area where the shuttles, their ships were. At the moment, with the, all the screaming and everything that was happening, I didn't realize. And I was like, "Oh my god, where they're going!" <laughs> and then all of a the sudden, they go, "Oh, they entered the bay where they were." <laughs> where they're Ships ships were. Were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of scary, I'm going to be honest, because there was a one point where it was right there on top of Poe, and I know nothing's going to happen to Poe, but, but still, <laughs> but still you're, just you're... The, the anxiety that comes with, you know, go, 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 go faster, faster. <laughs> <laughs> and then they encounter more pirates along the way, and Kaz replicates the move that Poe had and, taught him. But you know, the one thing that I like in this part of the, the episode was how, and, and again, I have mentioned already a couple times before that we know Cass is a capable person. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in, in the first episode, we see that he takes charge and he tells the others, you go, I'll stay behind and do what needs to be done. In this moment, he again reaffirms that and he says, no, Poe has enough on his tail. He, he has enough on his plate right now. I need to do something. You know, he ju he's not, not just the damsel in distress that somebody else is going to come and rescue. Right. He may be clumsy. He may have his doubts. moments here and there and his doubts. But when push comes to shove, he knows what to do. Right. There are a lot of people like that, actually. Oh, no. I think the majority of people are like that. Like, we tend to... Like you mentioned before, you said people don't always react like that. Most people don't react like that. But we tend that because of movies and hero movies and all that stuff, we tend to put people in two separate groups. The group that doesn't do anything and the group that does all the heroics. And it's not like that. That's not real life. Because in real life, you have the line shifting from one side to the next. Mm -hmm. And that is Cass. He shifts from one <laughs> side to the next. You yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
And and then they meet up with Yeager and Yeager. I love that. First of all, Yeager looks so bored out of his mind waiting in that ship. Originally, I thought, oh, man, what is what is Yeager going to do? Is he going to just like fly off and try to find something else to do in the meantime? But no, he was still in the air doing absolutely nothing. Like he didn't even bring a data pad or anything to read. (laughs) And when they come in. He's like, oh, you cannot stop bringing up straights, do you? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're always bringing the strays. <laughs> and it makes me wonder whether he's just referring to Kaz or whether he's referring to other yeah, so strays. <laughs> Maybe in like their past, past yeah. together. So their relationship is more than just, you know, me knowing who you are and vice versa. Their relationship apparently has those um, connections where Yeager will know this is something Poe does all the time. And Yeager knows right away that this is a bad idea. Oh, yeah. It is a bad idea. And I, I can't help but... I mean, we know we know as the audience that it's a bad idea. But to Kaz, it's a good idea because he's helped someone who could have died yes. uh, due to lack of oxygen in that crate. So he thinks it's a good idea. But Yeager is just being a pessimist. Yeah. It, because it, he doesn't know all the details. Yeager is at the point in his life where he's more towards the pessimist side and everything is going to go wrong and nothing is good. You know, he's the old man yeah. yelling at the young, young kids, kids to get off, off his, his lawn. lawn. Yes. <laughs> That's him. That's Yeager. Yeah. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> These youths. <laughs> Yeah, that's Yeager. I just love how he, every step of the way, he makes sure everybody knows it. Because when Cass says, we decided to bring up, not me. Not me. (laughs) I love that he just points it out. Like, nope, I was not involved involved. in this decision-making process. (laughs) He's like, no, I didn't. (laughs) And then Cass and Yeager take her to Colossus and they register her. Relatively easy process, apparently. <laughs> and he does it, again, with very genuine good intentions because now he's he doesn't feel like the new guy anymore. This is the new guy. Yeah, yeah. This is the new girl. And so he can now show her around and be like, oh, so this is that. And, and so now he feels like this makes him feel more part of the, the, the unit, the, yeah. uh, the installation that is the Colossus. But of course she just closes the door in front of his face (laughs) you help me in more ways than you can think bye (laughs) goodbye (laughs) yeah unfortunately she is the pirate and i like that they set it up that way because she when we first see her in the triple dark she's wearing a helmet so you don't really see her all that well but (laughs) if you're a crazy star wars fan like me or anyone else in the twitter community you would have zoomed in on those eyes and try to figure out who's who and whatnot but yes. yeah that's you and your crazy peeps yes that's that's us because <laughs> i did not even realize that she was the one in the helmet <laughs> oh really you didn't nope. realize it <laughs> nope i know now that you said it and i'm pretty sure we talked about it in the episode mommy because I think I brought up her action figure. Sweetie, you talk about so many things. And my brain just really doesn't have that much of a space anymore. Yeah, yeah. Something that stood out to me about Kaz helping Sonara, it just it reminded me of Ezra. Because he also yes. has the good intentions. Yes. Of, and he sees the good in people. Yeah. That people it, that it will eventually deceive them, unfortunately. Well, that the whole situation in which they found her, there was no reason for them to believe she was one of the pirates as opposed to one of the crew. The only person that sees something wrong is Yeager because he sees wrong in everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if they had thought about the fact that these pirates were... I mean, not that they've seen them up close at this point, but there's absolutely no reason. No reason for because them they wear they wear that. the stormtrooper armor and whatnot. So yeah, they wouldn't really have made the connection. And most smugglers and people who work in crews wear a variety of things on them. Yeah. So nothing about her gave away this pirate vibe. No. <laughs> she contacts Kragen, and Kragen tells her to blend in, and we'll see what happens. My question to you is. Do you think that she's sort of a wild card? Because in my latest article, I talked about how there's the possibility of her blending in and maybe actually getting to like these people. Uh, Yeah, 
it's a possibility. So I'm curious to find out how this next episode will play out. Is she going to just follow through with her orders or is she going to be like a Hondo type character where she's sort of out for herself, but at the same time, she also wants to do some good? I don't know. Just like Cass and Paul didn't have any reason to believe that she was a pirate. And then Cass just basically, you know, just helps her come in and get settled and whatnot. Not everybody that is quote unquote bad is really bad. We have our our, our perfect example of the beautiful. Are you talking about Maul? No. (laughs) Oh my God, Maul was bad. He was bad to the bone and to the metal and everything was bad. And to the metal. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one. Who? Who are you talking about? Uh, oh, Callus. Yes. <laughs> we know Callus was, he was working with the bad side. He, in our eyes, did terrible things, but he really wasn't a, what I call an evil individual, you know? People are like that. Right, they do morally questionable things. things, and that does not mean that they're evil. They've just, just been led astray, yeah, for whatever reason. So, who knows? Maybe she is one of those. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she is a second in command. So, being that she holds that position, she must have done things to earn it. Oh, of course, uh, and we know Hondo wasn't a, saint. a, a saint. No, <laughs> far from it. No, but, <laughs> you know, but he had his good moments, and we have to judge people, if we are judging people, because we shouldn't be judging people, but if we're going to be judging, we have to give them the the benefit of the doubt, and we have to, you know, take the good with the bad and, and make an assessment as what is more what what is more important all the bad things are done or all the good things that they're doing you know and i'm not saying they should go out get scot-free but you know they should not be penalized for the rest of their lives which is why i love what florida did by passing proposition four where they are over more than one and a half million felons who have done their time have come back into society, are going to be allowed to vote. Yeah. Which before they, they did not. If you do your time, you should be entitled to your rights. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, listeners, we hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Kleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code WookieGunner, the number 10. That's WookieGunner10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code WookieGunner10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code WookieGunner10. Now, back to the podcast. So moving into listener thoughts and questions, we have Ben. Ben said, I thought the section of the freighter had a real aliens vibe. Yes. Which is something I love. Yes. Did you like Alien and Aliens? Think the similarity was purposeful? Oh, I love it. I love Are you kidding? I I love being scared to death. (laughs) It's like my favorite thing. (laughs) I... Love that movie, that movie franchise. I actually love all of them. I know some people are like, oh, three, ugh, four, but I, 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 but they're the ones that I just, to be honest, I love the heck out of the fourth one. I love that movie. (laughs) Like I'd watch it anytime, and I love Prometheus. I love Covenant, and just today, actually, uh, on the day of the recording, they were talking about doing another one, a sequel to Covenant, but they don't know whether they're going to go through with it because of the 
the fact that the franchise hasn't been doing well, especially with Covenant not getting the numbers that they wanted. So we'll see whether they go through with the next one. But I hope they do because it's going to bring it full circle back to the first Alien movie. And I just, I need it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it did give me the Alien Yeah, the Alien vibe. vibe, yes. And now that you mention it, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm glad they didn't encounter that kind of creature <laughs> because that would have been the end of Cass and Poe. Yeah. <laughs> and it would have gone into an AU <laughs> storyline, an alternate universe. Oh, whether it was done purposefully, maybe. I mean, they always look to other franchises and other content that inspires them, especially with the, the smoke and everything that yes. was... That the Kowakian that that, that part I found very interesting. I says, "Oh, that looks so cool!" Yeah, it really looked amazing. They always knock it out of the park with yes. this, the kind, those kind of visuals. And Hassan said, "To start off, seeing those X-wing fighters in the white clouds was a beautiful scene. Also, those Kowakian monkey lizards are similar to the gremlins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always into things and causing havoc. And who knew they are proficient with blasters?" <laughs> At first, I thought the big shadow was a rancor, but it turned out to be a bigger surprise. Cass' screaming was also funny. Finally, the pirates' mixed fighters are cool. Keep up the geek. Keep up the the, the geeky bubble popping. Yeah, I like what he. I like the way he said it. Keep up the geeky bubble popping, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to incorporate that somehow. Yeah. Uh, the monkey lizards themselves, they were not what I expected at all. Because in the description, they had mentioned life forms. The use of that word, I thought, oh man, what if it's something like something very different that we've never seen before, like the chelidae uh -huh. or something like that. And it freaking turned out to be monkey lizards. <laughs> um, one thing, oh, before I go into that, because it just popped into my head. What does MTFBYW mean? Oh, yes. So Hassan wrote, may the force be with you. Oh, that's that, what it that, means? The initials MTFBYW. Okay, that tells you how old I am, Hassan. <laughs> yes, that's what, may the force be with you. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yes, and with you. So the the when I read the popping part, something that popped into my head was the fact that one of the monkeys got killed. Oh yes, I forgot about that yes. part. Yes, but he didn't mean it. He didn't. No, it wasn't it, intentional. It, it wasn't intentional, <laughs> but still, you know, it's like yeah, one of them did die. But then they made the effort to not show the body there. Yes, because this is still a Y seven show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the reaction of the other monkey. Oh yes, like, made them run away. Yeah, <laughs> like that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Yeah, those monkeys are evil. I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> and the white clouds part actually reminded me of Rebels, the uh, Rise of the Old Masters episode when Kanan is showing Ezra how to use the lightsaber. They're on top of the ghosts in the clouds wow. in the skies of mm -hmm. Lothal. My breath was taken away by that scene because I thought of how beautiful it looked. And for a while, that actually used to be the TWG site account's header of Kanan standing on the ghost. <laughs> Kanan. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the pain. Patty had a few comments as well. She said, Michael wanted to comment that unlike Rebels, Resistance was not something he was into at first. However, it has grown on him, especially with the most recent episodes. The monkey lizards were annoying, but funny and made for a fun episode. Yeah. So yeah, they were, they were comical. She also said, I liked that Kaz learned how to use the maneuver that Poe taught him, but not right away. It shows growth on his part. Yes. And it also shows, I like that Poe and Kaz's relationship is a very positive one. It wasn't one of Poe telling him, you know, you have to get this right or, or making him feel like no, he what says, he was uh, doing was you'll wrong. get it. Yeah. You'll get it. So he was encouraging him. And I like that. I like seeing that because we need more of that. And she also said, so we are both wondering what was the cargo the pirates wanted? It certainly was not the creatures in the cages. No, the pirates did not want the Kowakian monkey lizards. 
They wanted the ship itself. Oh. They wanted the, because that's one of the things that Kragen tells Sonara at the end of the episode. Maybe they wanted what was inside as well, but the ship was their main goal. Objective. Yeah. yeah. Last question from Patty. So what is both of your overall impressions of the series so far? And who are each of your favorite characters? I'm still with Niku. He's, he's my favorite so far. And I, I don't see how any other is going to overthrow him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I really like the show. I like the pace at which it's developing. And I like that every episode we get to see something new in terms of either a character or, or an interaction or something. There's always something. It reminds me of Robotech. And I know for a lot of people, that's the same case where this series reminds them of that other series because Robotech really was one of the shows that showed a progression of the story. So it wasn't an episode was about this or an episode was about that. And somehow there was something that tied some of them together. Resistance is showing a story and everything is leading up to something that's going to happen towards the very end of the season. So I, I very much love that way of storytelling. And so does Dave Filoni. It's, it's, um, it's a book. It's a book being presented in it's a picture. chapter yeah each one is a chapter and each one sets up the next yeah. so I, I very much love the show and how it's been and i agree it's, it has been the stronger of the first seasons compared to the past shows they have succeeded in telling a story and keeping it consistent and my favorite character um i still love kaz i just i very i love that character I, I love how goofy he is but also how competent he is sometimes i'm just like you can do this Kaz. come on <laughs> and other times he just does it because he knows he can in that moment so i love that character it's funny because when i had the fortune of talking with christopher sean who voices him he had noticed my ezra pin on my jacket which is by squadron goals on etsy and i had my ezra pin on and he's like is that ezra first of all i was geeking out that he knew who ezra was and i said yeah that's ezra and he's like oh that's so great i love that character and i said yeah and i'm, I'm super excited to get to know your character and hopefully he'll be just as high up there with ezra and he's like oh that would be so great <laughs> <laughs> So I, I look forward to seeing Kaz's progression and him getting to that, you know, that Ezra status, <laughs> at least in my book. That's it for this episode. So did you have any other final thoughts, Mommy, regarding Signal from Sector 6? I'm curious as to why the title. So when they're in space, Poe is locating the source of the signal and he says, oh, it looks like it's from Sector 6. So that's, that's where they end up going to that sector and it's a signal from not sector specter six. six not specter six no <laughs> although let me tell you ever since that that interaction with stefan on twitter i've had a toughest the toughest time writing sector because i start writing specter yeah and i had to delete it and go back to sector <laughs> thank you for that stefan i really do because <laughs> i love my my ghosts yes the ghost my ghost crew yeah and actually thinking about ben's earlier question i honestly thought that this was going to be like a big reveal like of some kind related to ezra that's how that's not like into it i was <laughs> where i thought that there's a species called the use i don't even know how to spell it or how to pronounce it but the yuzhan vong for some reason, my mind went there. And I thought, oh my gosh, if they use the word life forms in that description, maybe maybe this is alluding to some sort of species outside of the known <laughs> galaxy, of the unknown galaxy. And we know that Dave Filoni and the crew were experimenting with this idea of pulling in this expanded universe legend species and putting them into canon. What if, the, what if this is it? <laughs> and it turned out to be freaking Kowakian monkey lizards. So yeah, I was kind of let down just a little tiny bit. <laughs> but yeah, and I thought, oh man, this could be what Ezra and Thrawn were, were into. When oh, they were <laughs> my poor obsessed baby. <laughs> like everything, everything I, I see and read, I somehow have to think and theorize and bring it back to Ezra. <laughs> Dave, you need to give 
the answer to the question to this girl because she's dying. Yeah, I'm going to go insane, quite literally. <laughs> and you're going to find me in an asylum one day and all, all, oh, and my room will just have Where's Ezra, just like Mall. Oh, yes. We... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just Where's Ezra, <laughs> all in big letters. Oh, God, that's my future. It's my fate. <laughs> So that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we'll be watching Sonara's score. Ooh. It's an interesting choice of, of a word there, score. Yeah, score. Because it's, it's sort of like she's looking to score either something big for herself or scoring to as like a revenge type of action. Or score for the pirates yeah. and the First Order. That's right. Dang it. So have thoughts, questions, or comments you want to share about the episode or anything else you have in mind, you can send them to us by emailing geekybubblepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. In the meantime, visit thewookiegunner.com for news, reviews, and opinion pieces pertaining to the Star Wars animated shows and follow TWG on Twitter by searching for the handle at TWG site. Mother. Yes, daughter. Where can the fans find you on the Twitters? On the Twitter, <laughs> they can find me with the handle at Whovian214. Yes, they can. Not yeah. 215. No. Not 216. Two, no, 214. Not 213. No, 214. 214. Two, yes. yes. <laughs> but this is our Doctor Who moment now. Yes. This episode... Broke me. Oh, I cry like a baby. Emotionally broke me. <laughs> I, I, I cried for at least 10 minutes. Not, you know, not even exaggerating. With the demons of Punja, it was more of a humanity. It was at the humanity level. Because it's like, how do we continue to do these things? At the level of humanity, not even just one country or the other country. No, it's... At the level of humanity, how we continue to do these things to ourselves, yeah, and the pain, and I, I, I'm crying again. <laughs> the, those faces, oh my god, yeah, of all the people who've perished alone. Yes, and if you think about it, think about it. We always hear of this person and that person, but we're talking about millions. Of unknown millions who never came back home, who who died forgotten. Yes, we, we, we bring them into one cohesive thought, but it's not the same thing as when they're thought of individually. Mm -hmm. It's like in, in Coco, when people stop thinking about you, about you, not everybody else, but about you, you cease to exist. Mm -hmm. God, don't even get me started with that movie. But it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And this episode really put it oh. into perspective. But anyway, that's it for this. And listeners can also find Geeky Bubble on Twitter by searching for Geeky Bubble Pod and me with the handle Blue Jake Eyes. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, please follow our podcast network on Twitter by searching for We Are Escape Pods and tune into Unmistakably Star Wars and the Sky Talkers podcast for more Star Wars news and discussion. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>